Welcome to the Powerful Decisions Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Gluckman. I'm a life and business coach who loves helping my clients find ease and confidence around making decisions. Every episode, you'll learn the thought work tools I teach my clients for clear and easy decision making. I'll also share real life examples from my life and from my clients where powerful decisions created more of what we want in our lives. Time to stop sitting in indecision or second guessing our decisions. Let's get to making powerful decisions. Just a note before we start this episode, my friendly little rooster wanted to participate today, so you'll hear him four or five times towards the middle of the episode. Welcome to a day in my life. All right. Welcome back to the Powerful Decisions Podcast. This is your host, Meg, and I am here with a good friend of mine, Jeff Lizowitz. And we are going to talk about a, a bunch of different things. But first, I want to introduce you to him. And I've been thinking a lot this morning about how to introduce Jeff without telling him how I would introduce him. Um, I'm going to give a little introduction and then I'm going to let you introduce yourself, how you normally do as well. First off, Jeff to me is an artist, a creator, a coach, a teacher, a screenwriter, a musician, a producer. He is the kind of guy who, when he texts you every few months, you say, yes, I want to talk to you right away. Or yes, let's schedule a time because you know he has some good stories to tell you. You know that he's got something in the hopper that is super duper juicy. And now I'm going to let you introduce yourself. How do you tell people what you do and who you are? I'm the kind of guy who's got something in the hopper that's super duper juicy. That's how I introduce myself. Usually at cocktail parties and networking and stuff like that. Uh, that's one way yeah what else would I say yeah uh you know the life coach thing is a part of it life coach for you know creatives um so yeah I do music and writing and you know I don't know I'm an ever-evolving creature as we all are yeah Jeff and I like to we chat coaching quite a bit we chat mindset I think a lot and um I invited him onto the podcast in particular because when I think of Jeff, I think of someone who tries a bunch of different things, is, is open to trying new ideas, is undeterred when things don't work out like he might have hoped they would work out. I think that that is, is not all that common to find someone who goes after new dreams and new ideas on, on such a voracious, enthusiastic speed, like, like I see you. I think this is often something that people bring to coaching. Like they have a dream, right? They have a vision of something that they want to do or to create, and they're not making progress towards that. And they come to coaching to like, figure out like, why like, what's wrong? Like, why am I not getting to this dream? And I'm sure that with your clients and with my clients, you know, we, we peel back the onion 
bit by bit and we figure out, well, you're not getting towards your dream because you're not taking the action that would require you to move towards your dream. Generally right? helps, yeah. <laughs> and as we continue to peel it back, right? We're like, well, why aren't you taking the action? And so often what comes up is like, I'm afraid of failing. Absolutely. Right? Huge one, yeah. What is your relationship to failure? Ah, we're good friends. <laughs> I have interviewed in various jobs and roles over the years, probably hundreds of creatives, business leaders, stuff like that. And I always ask them, that, mm. what's, what's your relationship with failure? And they all say this is some version of the same thing. <gasps> and it's the only way to get to where I'm going. Yeah. Right. And it's absolutely true. Failure. So first of all, let's change the word mm -hmm. failure to feedback. Okay. Because failure is so scary. You know, failure means you didn't do it, whatever it is, right? It didn't work. It didn't go. And a lot of people also, by the way, internalize that, you know, instead of, I didn't make it to the goal. It's more of the I rather than the goal. It's internalized. It's identified. So instead of saying, failure let's call it feedback okay so you have a goal you take your action and ah, crap you didn't make it so i failed no you, you, now's the time for the feedback so what do you do you sit there and you just ask about 100 questions from every possible angle that you can think of what worked what didn't what could be better is this really the goal that i'm shooting for xyz a million things take a breath learn from all that put your new plan together step forward towards your goal again. Guess what's likely to happen? More feedback. Oh, great. Okay, but this time you're getting closer and you just do this and do this and do this. And, but, and eventually you will hit your goal or your goal will change or you will decide that the goal is not worth getting mm -hmm. or it's impossible to get or too difficult to get or whatever the thing is. And an important thing to remember as you know, individuals in the world is this happens not just for us as people, but this happens for ginormous corporations, right? And when they fail or get feedback, they're oftentimes losing hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So your fail of like, well, I spent a week and a half on this and, you know, my feelings got hurt and I spent a hundred bucks. You're like, yeah, get over it. <laughs> Yeah. To me, it's kind of the, it's the scientist mindset, like bringing a scientist mindset to it, right? This is an experiment. I'm going to try this thing. And then I have a hypothesis, right? right? Like how I think it might work out. And I'm going to see what the evidence shows. And then I'm going to evaluate and I'm going to restructure the experiment and try it again. Or like you're saying, like I've learned enough and I'm moving on to a totally different yeah. Experiment. I love that framework because it lessens, you know, our expectation instead of like, I must have this goal now, right? Which is how people, you know, generally look at these goals. Yeah. It's like, okay, here's the goal or here's the, here's the hypothesis. Like, here's how I think I can get to the truth that I believe, which is really what a, you know, a scientific inquiry is. Yeah. And then you're right, you do the experiments. You're like, yeah, this one worked, this one didn't work. This one was good, ooh, that one's better. 
Now we can point more energy that way, you know, turn up the heat, turn up the volume, turn on more money, whatever. So yeah, I love that. That's a great, great way to look at it. When your clients come and say, and I don't know if they explicitly say they're afraid to not succeed or they're- They, ne they never, people never explicitly say what's up. <laughs> and, and you give them the perspective though of let's just, let's just think of this like feedback. We're going to get feedback. As we, as we take some action towards this, we're going to get some feedback and they're still scared mm -hmm. and they still hesitate to take the action. Mm -hmm. What else do you think is holding them back? Well, fear, just general fear, right? Fear is part of our being for fear is, you know, what half of what drives us love and fear is basically all we got um, at the end of the day you know, the real drivers of our, of our action and emotion. The problem is in the modern world, so, so first of all, fear has a role. If, you know, if you're doing cartwheels at the edge of the cliff, you should be fearful. You know, if the, if the marauders are coming in with pitchforks and whatever, you know, be fearful. It's a good time to activate that fear response. However, <clears throat> we tend to get fearful in the modern world in ways and at levels that are way beyond helpful, right? You want the fear to be helpful. So, you know, if the fear is, well, if I put my song out on Spotify and nobody listens to it, it's going to destroy me. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, no, it's not. You're going to live and you're actually, whatever happens, you are going to increase your self-esteem because you actually did the thing you said you were gonna do, right? So we gotta really watch out for the fear and is it helpful or not? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. And then I would also, you know, in that equation, look at what's the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. So are you investing your life savings in, you know, this thing? Well, that's a big risk. Right, so yeah, you should probably have some fear there and like be careful about what you're doing, et cetera. But, you know, again, putting your song out or making a post on Instagram, you know, where your makeup isn't perfect or something, right, come on. You know, it's not gonna be a devastating result. The worst that can happen is, you know, basically nobody cares, mm -hmm. you know, or people give you some shit about it. Usually I find that the worst that can really happen is that you beat yourself up about it. Right, exactly. I'm going to make myself feel horrible about it, right? Because just like you said, like more often than not, you get no response from the external world, from other right. people, right? But it's like, what am I telling myself? How am I talking to myself inside? Because yeah. the fear, so often I find that the fear is that, that I will, I will feel so horrible afterwards, right? So like in your song example, right? Like put it up on Spotify, nobody hears it. I'm gonna feel horrible. Why are you gonna feel horrible? It's gonna be because of what the story is that's running through your brain about what, right. what you just did and right. the results. And you have control over that story. Right, and, and so often our stories are completely flawed. And, you know, you know in that story, it's like, what might the musician say? My song sucks. I was singing out a key, 
the lyrics are terrible, nobody loves me, da da da. You know, another thing might be, well, you're not on the algorithm, you aren't doing any any marketing, you don't you don't have any visibility. That's why people aren't mm-hmm. listening to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the way, there's zillions of songs out there in the world who've got major marketing campaigns and the songs definitely suck, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So yeah, our, our, our perceptions and our stories are often so misguided. We can just realize we have more options. Like it isn't just one story that's available to us, right? So when we're at that place where we haven't taken the action yet and we're thinking, if nobody listens, it's going to mean I'm a failure. It's going to mean all these negative things about me. And we get to just decide, like, that's a choice. I can play that story in my mm-hmm. head if I want, or I can play this other story about the algorithm, or I can play this other story that, well, that's my first song. I have to just get one song out there to start, you know, like, or I play, you know, it's going to take months before anybody hears. Like, I, there's so many different stories I can actually choose from to have that moment. Exactly. And stories like, hey, guess what? The Beatles were shot down by every record company they went to and like dozens of (laughs) record companies before they finally hit it. Yeah. It's like Edison and the light bulb too, right? Thousands and thousands of tries. And by the way, in this example, what, what we're really sort of talking about these stories in this whole scenario is about external validation. Did somebody else like it? Did somebody else comment? All these kinds of things. The real question as an artist and really as a person is, do I like it? Mm-hmm. Is this the best that I can do? Am I proud of it? Did I put my heart into it? So this reminds me um, of a story of one of my favorite rock bands, U2. As you know, these guys have been at it for 40 years or something and multi-zillionaires, and they're still making records and touring the world constantly. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. So uh, I saw this interview with Bono and they're like, dude, why are you still doing this? Like you, you're loaded to the gills. You can, you know, generations of your family can lay on the beach. Why would you do this? And he simply says, we will continue to do this until we are not turned on by our own music. Mm-hmm. We just love it. We just do it. He's not even looking at the record sales and say, so he didn't care. He's just like, we like to play music. We always did. We always do. And it's a very different way to look at the story. When we're first starting out, right, it's, it's so tempting to just like want that external validation. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants it. Everybody, everybody needs it, really. But asking for external validation from the general public is what I would consider a very bad idea. <laughs> right? Especially when it's online. Because online, you know, how many posts do you see in a day? I, I, there's bound to be stats on this. It's got to be hundreds or thousands for most people. Um, how many of those do you respond to? Oh, three out of 3,000? Hmm. Okay. So are you one in 3,000? Maybe, maybe not. You know, it's just like if you want some external validation, take your song or whatever you're doing and take it to your trusted person, mm-hmm. your friend. Hey, would you like to listen to this or read it or whatever the thing is? And, you know, I'd appreciate some feedback. And then, by the way, another piece in this, in this little scenario is we often, and I'll speak to the artists, but it's really everyone, we often get very attached, personally attached to our work. Mm-hmm. I am my song. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. 
your song is your work, just like an accountant's work is their work. It's not who they are. Mm -hmm. But as artists, we tend to feel more connected because we, if you're doing it right, you're putting so much of your energy and so much of your love and passion and feeling and all that into it. So it's very important to separate these things. Either way, if you get a ton of positive feedback on your song, it doesn't mean you're, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a great person, right? You just might have a good hook, right? And the same, and the flip side is true. You get tons of criticism. It doesn't mean you're a lousy person. Mm -hmm. All it means is that you wrote or recorded the song in a way that people like or don't like. Yeah. So we gotta, we gotta be careful of how we identify what we do with who we are. And just circling back, like it makes sense that we want the external validation. Like we are just going back to like our primal brain, our evolutionary history, right? Of like, we, we survive best in community. Like we, we thrive best if we have the village around us to protect us from, you know, the saber tooth tiger that's out there or, you know, whatever the threats are. So it makes sense that we want other people to validate that we are worthy and valuable, right? Like that's, that's deep in our, deep in our, our psyche. Because sometimes I talk about it like it's a, um, like trying to dig a hole to plant like a tulip bulb with a backhoe, right? Like it's an oversized tool for what we're actually trying to do, right? Like we don't need that big external validation to tell us we're worthy in order to post to Instagram or in order to right. share a poem you know, right. to Facebook or what, whatever we're, we're doing, like, yeah. Right. And, you know, another piece of that with the tribe and all that is when you're sort of asking for trouble, when you believe that all of your value or much of your value is in that song, the value of any person is very expanded. How do they relate to others, right? What service are they doing in the world? you know, anything like that brings an expanded element of people's value. It's not, it's never in one thing. It can't be. We're all too big. We're all, you know, we're all multi something. Mm -hmm. Multifaceted. Yeah. yeah. And connected to our tribes in, in very different ways. You know, some people, you know, if you're a musician, again, let's say, oh, you know, your fan, really, they don't care about you. They care about your music. That's great. Fine. Cool. Right. But your friend maybe doesn't even care about your music or doesn't care much, you know, but they really care about you, your well-being. Like it's completely different. Yeah. So we need to think about these relationships and sort of how they all come together in our value in the world. Mm -hmm even separate from those relationships, right? Like, how are we just valuable just as ourselves? Like, even, even without any relationship, right? That we are just mm -hmm. whole and worthy and valuable. Absolutely. Knowing that just because you exist, mm -hmm. you are a valuable individual in the world, mm -hmm. right? And when you know that, that's when you can you can get the self-love going, right? Once you have that, then you can expand into the service and connection with others. 
I wrote, a, I'm gonna see if I can remember this. Uh, I wrote a poem a couple years ago on Valentine's Day. Hmm. And it was very short, thus I can remember it, I think. Love yourself, then another, then the world. Mm. Really freaking simple. Well, really simple, not always easy. Yeah. Right, but it always starts with the self. I'm sorry if you can hear my rooster. I believe I'm hearing a listeners. I mean, you know, <laughs> listeners. Meg lives on a well, not exactly a farm, but it's some farm sort of. It. It's a farm. Yeah. It. He's he's especially. Let's just say there's plenty of eggs around Meg's house. But this has me circling back to that. If we're imagining that person who wants to put their song on Spotify and is afraid of beating themselves up, you know, and and feeling horrible if it isn't a visible success instantly, right? That cultivating that self-love and self-appreciation, right? On the front side. And what really to me is like self-trust that no matter how it goes, I have my back. Mm -hmm. Like no matter how it goes, I'm going to be kind to myself. No matter how it goes, I'm going to love myself. It's a, it's like a skill set that many of us don't automatically have we're not we're not raised to talk in the kindest way to ourselves right we typically will be the meanest to ourselves right we say things to ourselves that we would never say to a friend of ours or that we would never say to you know a child right but we're willing to say that to ourselves that's why it can be so scary to think about I'll do air quotes here, failing and what we might say to ourselves in the future. And, and it keeps us frozen where we are right now versus if we trust that we're going to love on ourselves and we're going to learn from the situation, no matter how it unfolds, then suddenly we can take a lot of action. We can move forward on a lot of things if we have that self-trust that we'll love on ourselves. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what happens in the world you sort of come back to a safe place yes right where you can regroup like we said in the beginning regroup ask the questions do it again Mm -hmm. because we all want success in whatever we're doing Mm -hmm. right and we all have to be willing to accept that failure and feedback because it will happen there's no way out of it the only way out of it is not to try Mm -hmm. and that's not expansive you you live a small life. What's one way that you help your clients kind of cultivate that self-love or the self-trust? One of the ways I would say is I do these guided meditations with beats. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've probably done these guided meditations. There's a million of them out there. Most of them kind of stink, as you've also probably noticed. And almost all of them have this sort of washy music behind it. So I've created these guided meditations with, you know, I'm I'm an electronic music producer. So I made this like hypnotic sort of super chill beat and then kind of deliver these things with that, which opens up, you know, it takes you on a journey to open up into your heart, to feel the truth of yourself and the universe and all that business. But when you do it from, a more at least tapping into the subconscious element, right? That you know, we've got we've got two things here. We've got the conscious, great, 
and you know people just love the conscious they think that's the whole deal which it is not i can assure you um and then really what's running most of the show is the subconscious and that's where all the beliefs and the fears and all that stuff kind of go so if you don't even know these things these fears and these drivers these beliefs and these identities in your subconscious there's like literally no chance of really affecting them or if you affect, affect them from the conscious level they're generally just going to get knocked aside quite shortly. So by tapping into the subconscious, by getting into that meditative and hypnotic state, I believe, and I've seen that there's much more energy, much more love that can flow through an individual from the universe, from themselves, how, you know, however you want to frame it. And it makes a fund, it, it starts to make a fundamental change. Right. And then, of course, it has to be reinforced, right, through conscious practices, things like that. Even, you know, I talk about meditation. I'm big on meditation. There's a great book by uh, a Native American shaman poet guy called Red Hawk, and it's called Self Observation. And in this book, he says basically, everything in your life will resolve if you can let go of your perspective of yourself directly through the ego, if you can meditate and step back enough so that you can see yourself and not be part of the herd, right? Which is what we do all day long. Um, and just allow yourself to be yourself. Literally every problem in your life will resolve eventually. Mm -hmm. I'm like, damn. And I, I believe it. It's getting out of this concept of I am me and I, you know, these are all my problems and this is all my bullshit and blah, 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 blah. You know, when you step out of that, it, there's more, there's more gentleness and there's more fluidity and you start to be like, well, you know, I'm just kind of in the flow. I'm part of the whole. Some of these things that are so difficult for me when you're really ego-based, it's kind of like, oh, it's just kind of part of the process. It's just what's happening. It doesn't hurt nearly as much. Readers or listeners or whatever, viewers out there, check out Red Hawk. Very good book. Yeah. It feels to me that it's, we're saying the same thing. It's just like a different angle of coming at it. When I, when I coach my clients on recognizing that they don't have to believe all of their thoughts, right? Like that we can just see our thoughts instead of assuming that they are the truth, they are the reality, right? It's just mm -hmm. like differentiating, taking space, becoming the watcher that sees, here are my thoughts. Oh, this is how my brain works. I can make a guess at why this thought is coming across right now. And I can watch it and let it go. I can pay attention to it if I want, giving ourselves that space, like you're saying, the space from the ego. Absolutely. And, you know, if you want to get into more of the woo of this whole thing, uh, yes, it's, it's more than, in my opinion, in my belief system, it's more than just stepping back. It is opening up into the greater consciousness of the universe, mm -hmm. right? Because we are the ego. We are the self. I am Jeff. You are Meg. Hey, that's great. Congratulations. And you and I are also part of this vastly, infinitely bigger thing 
right? Which knows and understands and has more compassion than anything you could ever have for yourself. Moving in, in the spectrum, we're, we're, as humans, we're almost forced into that ego individual state because geez, you're on earth and there's a lot of shit to deal with. You got to feed yourself and not get killed and run for the bus and make some money and you know all this stuff. That's all very ego-based stuff. It's like, it's, you're an individual in the world. And guess what? You better deal with that. At the same time, if you only deal with that, you're in big trouble because the access to the huge, infinite wisdom and truth and love of the universe is always there. You just have to open up into it. Good woo. I like good some, woo. I like some good woo. Yeah. Give me some good woo. I like some, I like bringing the universe in. I like the, the expansive. I'm just going to take a note. So I'm, I'm writing some books and stuff over here and I'm always looking for some good titles. Good woo uh, might just be my next book. I think we'll, we'll wrap up on the good woo. If folks, first, I want to ask specifically about the meditation. Is there anywhere that folks could listen to one of your meditations or check yeah out? actually there are uh, there is um that is an app called insight timer okay. which people may know about it's got about a zillion meditations recorded meditations up there and live events they do all kinds of stuff on there um, but just look up my last name and you'll see i don't know i forget how many i did um, but they're up there cool so yeah check them out it's all free you know it's all good and i'll i'll put a link in the show notes to the insight timer too so folks can mm -hmm. that. if folks are super jazzed about how how you talk about things and how you're phrasing the self-love and um expansion and overcoming fear and all this good juicy stuff where can they follow you where can they find you well, they can follow me wherever they want, but I don't do a whole lot of social media, so that's not going to do you that much good. Yep. Um, I would suggest going to my website, jefflizowitz.com. If you can spell that anywhere near correctly, you should get there. Um, there's about a million blog posts on there, all kinds of stuff like that, videos, this and that. And you can feel free to sign up for a complimentary Zoom where we will dig in deep and see what's going on with you and see if you know there's ways i might be able to help you and who are your dream clients who, who are the folks that you love working with the most creatives and humans with a heartbeat all right you you know who you are <laughs> right and by the way that's on every level that is from uh, you know when i say creatives it's people who have not written or recorded their first song right? Like really kind of just trying to do the thing or poem or, you know, whatever. It's not just musicians. We've talked a lot about music here. Up, up into, you know, I've got some, I've got some heavy hitters on, on my roster, like, like some serious pros who are at the top of their game, who still need, you know, who need help because everybody needs help. You, you know, you need that thing. So, so just a, just a basic lesson in, in life coaching, whether you're just starting or you're on the way up or up, this is where we go. You know, Tony Robbins, the big daddy of this thing, he likes to say he he coaches the top of the top, you know, ex-presidents and movie stars and these things. And these guys pay him, this is what he says on his stuff, a million dollars a year each to have access to that guy. Mm -hmm. So if that's worth that kind of money mm -hmm. and those guys apparently know what they're doing, yeah, different ways to think about it. 
brains are going to brain at every level. Neither. Yeah, exactly. Brains are going to brain. <laughs> the more we get supported, the better, right? We got, we got big, good, important, you know, loving work to do out in the world. So we all do. And at all levels. And that's, and that's kind of what I'm saying, whether it's huge, you know, big stuff like that, or just like, just like you and you and your family, you and your friend, mm -hmm. you and your partner, it all is huge. And because that's what your life is. Thank you, friend. I appreciate you immensely. Thanks. Thank you, friend. I appreciate you immensely. All right, y'all. Thank you. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to try applying this kind of work, the decision-making and the coaching to your life, I encourage you to hop over to Instagram. I'm at Meg Gluckman or to my website, meggluckman.com and check out my free course. It's called Getting Unstuck with Self-Coaching and it allows you to learn the tools of self-coaching and apply them to any area of your life where you feel stuck. It could be eating or drinking habits. It could be your job. It could be a difficult relationship. Whatever you want to create change around, you can use this course to do that. So go check it out. Getting Unstuck with Self-Coaching on my website or off of Instagram. Enjoy. Enjoy.